Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Wednesday, November 16th, 2022. Coming up this hour. Panic eases as doubts surface over whether Russia fired a rocket into Poland. Donald Trump makes it official, announcing a run for president again. Wall Street holds tight for fresh data on retail sales. And inflation in the U.K. hits a fresh 41-year high. It's going to cost more for a cab ride in New York, plus... And liftoff of Artemis 1. NASA begins its quest to return to the moon. I'm Michael Barr. More ahead. I'm John Stanshower in sports. A road win for the Knicks, a road loss for the Nets. The Devils stay hot, and a free agent is staying with the Yankees. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak. On Bloomberg 1130 New York, Bloomberg 991 Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 1061 Boston, Bloomberg 960 San Francisco, Sirius XM 119, and around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business app. And good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. U.S. stock index futures on the rise this morning. We're coming up to 501 on Wall Street, and we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures up eight and a half points. Dow futures up 72. NASDAQ futures up 21. The DAX in Germany's down seven tenths of a percent. Ten-year Treasury down eight thirty seconds. The yield three point seven nine percent. The yield on the two-year four point three six percent. NYMEX crude oil is up three tenths percent, or twenty seven cents at eighty seven dollars seventeen. Cents a barrel. Comex gold up half percent or nine dollars ten cents at seventeen eighty five ninety an ounce. And the euro one point oh four one six against the dollar. Nathan. Thanks, Karen. We begin this morning with the latest on the rocket strike that killed two people in Poland just over the border from Ukraine. Some leaders initially suggested Russia was behind the attack, but President Biden is urging caution. There is preliminary information that contests that. I don't want to say that till we completely investigate, but it's unlikely in the minds of the trajectory that it was fired from Russia. But we'll we'll, we'll see. President Biden spoke from the G20 summit in Bali, Indonesia. Bloomberg's Rosalind Matheson is there and has more on the situation. It seems that there are doubts growing that, in fact, it was even potentially a rocket that was fired by Russia from Russia. Um, And, of course, there are questions about whether it was, in fact, uh, something that might have been deflected by Ukrainian anti-missile defences, or indeed if it was from Russia, perhaps it was a misfire and unintentional. Either way, the message very clearly coming from leaders here, be they from Europe, the US, uh, or the Turkish President uh, Erdogan a short time ago, is that they don't think this needs to uh, sort of escalate tensions directly with Russia. Bloomberg's Roz Matheson reports President Biden is pledging his full support for Poland's investigation into the rocket strike. Well, Nathan, NATO ambassadors are meeting in Brussels for emergency talks to weigh their response. Former Defense Secretary Mark Esper is making the case for bolstering Ukraine's air defenses. Think about how far this Russian missile would have had to travel across Ukraine to pass into the Polish border. Uh, There were numerous opportunities to shoot this thing down. And so I think it's a call to accelerate the provision of air defenses to Ukraine as well. 
And former Defense Secretary Mark Esper spoke with our Washington correspondent Joe Matthew late yesterday on Bloomberg Sound On. Catch the show weekdays at 5 p.m. Eastern on Bloomberg Radio. All right, let's turn to politics back home in the U.S., Karen, because a familiar name is front and center this morning. Former President Donald Trump has officially entered the 2024 race for the White House. Amy Morris has the latest from our Bloomberg 99.1 newsroom in Washington. His campaign filed the paperwork just minutes before Donald Trump announced his candidacy and a third run for the White House. My fellow citizens, America's comeback starts right now. Trump made the announcement as many Republicans are moving away from him, many in the party asking him to wait until after the Senate race is settled in Georgia. As many Trump-endorsed candidates in the midterms were rejected by voters. Trump claimed America will decline unless he's reelected. This will not be my campaign. This will be our campaign altogether. While Trump may have wanted to freeze out other Republicans eyeing a presidential run, Republican strategists believe potential challengers are now emboldened. In Washington, I'm Amy Morris, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Amy, thank you. Let's turn to the economy now, where we get a key reading on retail sales this morning. Forecasts call for a gain of 1% in October, and Bloomberg Economics correspondent Michael McKee has more. The headline change in retail sales for October is likely to be misleading. Gasoline prices were up, adding to sales, and many in Florida were replacing hurricane-damaged cars. It's core retail sales, excluding gas, cars, and building materials, that will matter. And their economists are anticipating a slowdown. Gains at department stores, food stores, and general merchandise stores will be boosted by inflation rather than increased purchases. Redbook Research reported a soft weekly sales index. And the New York Fed reports Americans are turning from savings to credit cards to keep spending, which is likely unsustainable. Michael McKee, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Mike, thanks. That retail sales report will be one of many the Fed watches. Fed Vice Chair for Supervision Michael Barr cautions the economy will surely take a hit as the central bank confronts high inflation. Inflation right now is far too high. I think that it's the case that we're going to see significant softening in the economy. Fed Vice Chair for Supervision Michael Barr made those comments to the Senate Banking Committee in Washington. Meantime, across the pond, Nathan, inflation is also in focus. Prices in the U.K. have now hit a 41-year high, and we get the details from Bloomberg's Lizzie Burden in London. It's been driven by gas and electricity prices. That is the biggest contributor, despite the government's support. But it's also food. That's the second biggest contribution. Also housing and household services. And our economists at Bloomberg Economics say the Bank of England isn't likely to take its foot off the brake in terms of interest rate rises until certain services inflation drops back towards its long-term average. Bloomberg's Lizzie Burden reports the U.K.'s Consumer Prices Index for October rose at an annual rate of 11.1 percent. Let's turn back to the U.S. and some corporate news this morning. Karen, Elon Musk is in the spotlight again. The Washington Post is reporting that Musk told Twitter employees they must either commit to a new, quote, hardcore Twitter or they should leave the company. The paper says employees have to click a link to confirm commitment to the new Twitter by tomorrow. If they don't, they'll receive three months of severance pay. And now the latest on the collapse of FTX, Nathan. Bloomberg News has learned authorities in the U.S. and the Bahamas are discussing possibly bringing Sam Bankman-Free to the U.S. for questioning. Sources say the conversations between officials in the two countries have intensified in recent days as they probe his role in the implosion of cryptocurrency firm FTX. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines plus a check of sports. And this is Bloomberg. 
All right, thanks, Karen. It's 5.07 on Wall Street. We're at 43 degrees in Central Park. Looking for sunshine and low 50s for highs today. Got a crash on the southbound New England Thruway near exit 16. We'll tell you more in traffic. First, Michael Barr is here with what else is going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. Once you hail a taxi, it's going to cost more. New York City cab riders will see a 23% increase in metered fares. It's the first hike since 2012 following a vote from the city's Taxi and Limousine Commission. The TLC also says passengers will also face an increase in rush hour and overnight surcharges and airport flat rates. The increases will also affect per mile and per minute rates for Uber and Lyft and are expected to go into effect before year end. The battle for Republican leadership in the next session continues. Bloomberg's Ed Baxter reports. Senator Rick Scott has told fellow GOP senators he will challenge Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell to be leader of the party in the chamber next year. And he immediately made the debt limit his keystone issue for the moment, saying it can't be done until Democrats agree to federal spending cuts. McConnell says he has the votes to remain Senate GOP leader. Meanwhile, Kevin McCarthy's won preliminary support of the GOP. To be House Speaker, he will need to get a majority of the votes in the House to be elected in the new term. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak. Environmental activists and public officials rallied in front of New York Governor Kathy Hochul's Manhattan office, calling for her to sign a bill that would institute a two-year state ban on some cryptocurrency mining facilities. The bill, approved by the state Senate in June, would trigger a two-year moratorium on new permits for crypto plants that are powered by fossil fuels. If Hochul signs the measure, it would become one of the most restrictive laws in the U.S. regulating the practice. The U.S. is heading back to the moon. NASA launched its first Artemis rocket overnight from Cape Canaveral, Florida. And liftoff of Artemis 1. We rise together back to the moon and beyond. The unmanned multi-billion dollar rocket mission will go around the moon and back. If successful, it will eventually return astronauts to the moon for the first time since Apollo ended in 1972. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg Nathan. Thank you, Michael. Almost 510 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update brought to you by Tri-State Audi. Good morning, John Stashow. Good morning, Nathan. Knicks and Nets are both out west. A win for the Knicks as they began a challenging five-game trip. They beat Utah 118-111. Jalen Brunson, 25 points with eight assists. The Knicks rebound from that horrific defensive outing and a loss this past Sunday. Speaking of horrific defense, most points the Nets have ever allowed. Sacramento shot 60%. The Kings won 153-121. to The Kings' Terrence Davis, who came in averaging six points a game, scored 31. Make it 10 straight wins for the Devils. Two goals for Jack Hughes and a 5-1 win at Montreal. St. John's now 3-0 and 91-74. Home win over Central Connecticut. Big doubleheader in Indianapolis. Kansas beat Duke after Michigan State upset Kentucky in double overtime. Also, Colgate for the second straight year won at Syracuse. A Yankee free agent slugger staying with the team. It's not Aaron Judge. Don't know yet about him. But Anthony Rizzo, who hit 32 home runs, has a new two-year deal, $40 million guaranteed. The Mets' Buck Showalter, named National League Manager of the Year, was a close vote, but he's now won Manager of the Year four times with four different teams. 
Former Giants great Eli Manning on Bloomberg Radio yesterday to discuss his private equity group. He also weighed in on the surprising success of his former team. Daniel Jones is playing great. Saquon's running off, you know, yeah. running hard. Defense is playing well. So, and, and, the, and the most important thing, they're finding ways to win close games, and they're finding ways to close games out. And that's something we haven't been able to do for a while. And and what that does, it also just prepares you for late in the year. You're going to have these close games. Can you win them? They're, they're, they're kind of tried and tested, and uh, I think it's going to be a good run. Giants are 7-2. They'd be in first place in six divisions. In their division, they're one game behind. John Stash, now Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? All right, John. Thank you. Right now, S&P futures are higher by 13 points. Dow futures up 106. NASDAQ futures on the rise by 40 points. And the 10-year Treasury is now down 630 seconds. The yield, 3.79%. You're listening to Bloomberg Gateway. Bloomberg Sports was brought to you by Audi. Don't let someone else drive off in the Audi model you've always wanted. Visit your local tri-state Audi dealer to get behind the wheel of yours today or visit AudiOffers.com for more information. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. U.S. stock index futures are rising as panic subsides that a rocket which struck inside the Polish border came from Russia and marked an escalation in the Ukrainian war. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. Right now, S&P futures up 15 points. Dow futures up 113. NASDAQ futures up 48. The DAX in Germany is down half percent. Ten-year Treasury down 630 seconds, yield 3.79 percent. The yield on the two-year, 4.35 percent. NYMEX Crude oil is up about a third of a percent, or 32 cents, at $87.24 a barrel. Comex gold up six tenths percent, or $10.80, at $17.87.60 an ounce. The euro, 1.0436 against the dollar. British pound, 1.1940, and again, 139.25. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael, good morning. Good morning, Karen. President Biden and key European leaders are urging caution after a rocket struck a Polish village just over the border from Ukraine, killing two people. However, there are doubts whether Russia was to blame. And Biden told allies in Bali that the rocket may have been from Ukraine's defense. We'll have more on that straight ahead. Former President Trump announced last night that he is formally launching his 2024 bid for the White House. The U.S. is heading back to the moon for the first time in five decades. NASA successfully launched the Artemis mission overnight from Florida. In the NBA, the Knicks won. The Nets lost to the Kings 153-121. In the NHL, the Devils won their 10th straight. The Capitals lost. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts, more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg, Nathan. Okay, Michael, thanks. It's 519 on Wall Street, live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. We want to get right over to Bloomberg News Executive Editor for International Government, Rosalind Matheson. She's in Bali, Indonesia, for the G20 Summit, but, of course, following the very latest developments on this rocket strike into Poland late yesterday. Roz, uh, good morning. I want to get more on what Michael just mentioned, that uh, reportedly President Biden is telling allies that Ukrainian air defenses caused that explosion. What more are we hearing? 
Well, that's right. We actually had some indications of this earlier today, uh, a number of hours after this rocket landed over the Ukrainian border into Poland. Some some officials were starting to say, well, it's less clear cut than the idea that Russia deliberately fired this over the border uh, and hit this Polish, Polish village. And it was either probably an accident or it could have actually been that this was sort of the knock-on effect of Ukrainian anti-missile defences that were obviously mobilised heavily yesterday because Russia unleashed a massive barrage of missiles across the entire country, again, taking out some very key infrastructure, particularly on the energy side. And so this seems to have been one of those terrible accidents that happened in, in, in conjunction with that. Of course, it does sort of leave things in a slightly awkward position because there was initially talk that Poland might sort of start to do Article 4 under NATO, which is a really big NATO conversation about potential steps and so on. They obviously will probably have to walk some of that back now. The, the narrative either is that, in any case, in this is that really this would not have happened if Russia had not invaded Ukraine in the first place. Um, and this comes after, you know, we're now nine, nine months of war now and relentless attacks um, from Russia on the missile side. And so at some point, an accident like this possibly was, was yet to happen. Um, and so either way, it doesn't really sort of change things in terms of the relationship between NATO states and Ukraine. They'll probably see this if it's proven uh, to be an unfortunate accident. Well, where could the response go from here, Roz? Uh, you mentioned the possibility of Article 4 discussions. I think a lot of our listeners are familiar with Article 5 of the NATO Charter. It's been discussed many times. But what would an Article 4 invocation entail? Well, all that really does is start a big process of discussion within NATO states. It means that one NATO member wants to have a proper dialogue with the rest of the, of the NATO universe um, about an issue that pertains particularly to their national security. And what it probably would look like is Poland saying that being on the periphery of, of both Ukraine and Russia uh, for months now watching this conflict and feeling very uneasy about it, that they would like to have a greater discussion with NATO about support um, from them in terms of greater military assets, perhaps inside Poland, troops on the ground and so on, but particularly better support in the air. Um, monitoring and defense um, and surveillance uh, of things that might be c close by, rockets and so on, and the ability to better defend themselves um, from an air perspective. So it, they either, either way would probably like to have that conversation and whatever caused this incident, it certainly could be a springing board for them to do so. Um, and it's not just Poland, really. It's other states that are very, very close to either Ukraine or Russia that say that they simply need better attention from NATO as a home when it, as a whole when it comes to their air defense. Could this uh, lead to changes in NATO's posture when it comes to support for Ukraine? We spoke with former Defense Secretary Mark Esper as the uh, details of this incident were unfolding. He was making the case that this should uh, lead NATO and its allies to bolster Ukraine's air defenses even further. Is that something that's being discussed? Uh, well, you can see that NATO states have been very, very reluctant to do anything that they that they worry would bring them into direct confrontation, direct conflict with Russia um, throughout this war so far. And that's why they've been reluctant to send in certain kinds of very long-range missile systems or very modern fighter jets. And while even though Ukraine has asked repeatedly for a possible air defense zone over at least part of its airspace, NATO has always said no, because that really means you've got NATO fighter jets 
policing Ukraine airspace and coming into direct confrontation potentially with Russian fighter jets. So you can imagine that despite this incident, there's going to be a high reluctance still to actually enact any kind of air zone over Ukraine. Might it facilitate the faster uh, delivery of certain kinds of anti-missile systems from Europe um, or NATO as a whole? Yes, definitely. That conversation has already been happening. NATO is unlikely to get the, the kind of weapons they really, really want, the ultra-modern ones, but at least it could mean that they get faster delivery of some of the existing systems that they've got. Thanks for this, Roz. We'll be checking back in with you as we uh, learn more about this incident as the war in Ukraine continues to unfold and the G20 summit in Bali. Bloomberg News Executive Editor for International Government, Rosalind Matheson, joining us live this morning from Indonesia. Looking ahead to the market open, S&P futures are higher by 14 points. Dow futures up 104 and NASDAQ futures are higher by 41 points. Ten-year treasury is now down 5.30 seconds. The yield 3.78%. Yield on the two-year 4.35%. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg Daybreak brought to you by PPAC Private Wealth Management. PPAC Private Wealth Management knows that a portfolio is more than a collection of assets. It's a path to your future. Visit ppacprivate.com and begin your financial legacy today. Broadcasting live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio in New York. Bloomberg 1130. To Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 991. To Boston. Bloomberg 1061. To San Francisco. Bloomberg 960. To the country. Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe. The Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. It's 5.30 on Wall Street. Good morning. I'm Karen Moscow. And I'm Nathan Hager. Bloomberg Daybreak is brought to you by SEI. Asset managers don't get results that are off the charts when their solutions are off the shelf. Learn how SEI's operating platform can turn infrastructure into a competitive advantage at SEIC.com slash tech. And we are just about four hours away from the open of U.S. trading. Let's get you up to date on the news you need to know at this hour. We begin with the rocket strike that killed two people in Poland just over the border from Ukraine. World leaders are trying to determine if Russia attacked NATO territory. However, President Biden says at the G20 summit it's unlikely the missile was fired from Russia. We agreed to support Poland's investigation into the explosion in rural Poland near the Ukrainian border. And I'm going to make sure we figure out exactly what happened. Sources say President Biden is telling lies the blast was caused by Ukraine air defense systems. Well, speaking last night, Karen, Ukraine's president, Volodymyr Zelensky, called the strike an escalation. Hitting missiles on NATO territory? This is a Russian missile attack on collective security. This is a very significant escalation. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky also called for an end to the war in an address to G20 leaders. Now, there's still no confirmation on the exact source of the blast. NATO ambassadors are meeting in Brussels for emergency talks. Former Defense Secretary Mark Esper is preaching caution. My suspicion is that this was an accidental firing uh, caused by either poor targeting or a malfunction by one of the Russian missiles. We need to go through a deliberate process, investigate it out, and come to the facts. Former Defense Secretary Mark Esper spoke with our Washington correspondent Joe Matthew on Bloomberg Sound On. Catch the show weekdays at 5 p.m. Eastern on Bloomberg Radio. Back here in the U.S., politics is front and center with a familiar name taking the spotlight. Former President Donald Trump has made an announcement many already knew was coming. 
In order to make America great and glorious again, I am tonight announcing my candidacy for President of the United States. Former President Trump was without several key allies during the announcement, including his daughter, Ivanka Trump. We should mention uh, President Biden spoke with allies last night, saying that that blast was caused by Ukraine's air defense systems in Poland. Now we want to turn to the economy and the latest U.S. retail sales figures are coming out this morning. Forecast call for a gain of 1% in October. And overseas, it's all about inflation. The U.K.'s consumer price index for October rose at an annual rate of 11.1%. That makes a fresh 41-year high for inflation in the United Kingdom. Straight ahead, we have your latest local headlines and a check of sports. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. It's now 533 on Wall Street, 42 degrees in Central Park. Michael Bars here with what's going on in New York and around the world. Michael. Thank you very much, Nathan. It's going to cost more for New York City cab ride. The city's taxi and limousine commission voted to increase fares by 23%. The TLC says passengers will also face an increase in rush hour and overnight surcharges and airport flat rates. Drivers sought higher fares amid inflation and labor scarcity. Senator Rick Scott will challenge Mitch McConnell for the chamber's top Republican leadership post during a closed-door meeting today. Meanwhile, rules will change now that House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy is poised to become the next House Speaker. McCarthy spoke at a news conference last night alongside other incoming members of the GOP leadership team. The one thing you'll learn is, as my opportunity to be Speaker, is the House is going to change. No longer is all the power going to rest the way Nancy had it. Um, No more proxy voting. Steve Scalise will likely be majority leader and Congresswoman Elise Stefanik, who took Liz Cheney's job as the GOP conference chair last year, was elected to a second term in that position. Stefanik said the GOP did quite well in her state. I particularly am proud being from the state of New York. We picked up four seats in New York State, flipping blue districts to red, and we will have a tremendous Republican conference in the 118th Congress. Congresswoman Stefanik. Donald Trump's longtime finance chief is still collecting a hefty salary from the Trump organization, even as the prosecution star witness in a criminal tax fraud trial. Alan Weisselberg testified yesterday that until recently he was working as a senior advisor for the company and is now on a paid leave of absence. NASA's new moon rocket has blasted off with three test dummies aboard overnight from Cape Canaveral. These watchers were in awe. It was really bright. Like, it looked like the sun was rising. Sounded like an earthquake was going off. The Florida launch brings the U.S. a big step closer to putting astronauts back on the moon for the first time in 50 years. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg, Nathan. Thanks, Michael. 535 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update brought to you by Tri-State Audi. Here's John Stashauer. Thanks, Nathan. The Knicks have hit the road. Didn't play well their last game at the Garden. They gave up 145 points and a loss to Oklahoma City. But they began the five-game trip with a win at Utah, 118-111. Jalen Brunson scored 25 points. Cam Reddish pitched in with 19. Knicks are now 7-7. Seven and seven. They play tonight. In Denver, the Nets lost in Sacramento 153 to 121. That's the most points the Nets have ever allowed. Hottest team in hockey, the Devils made it 
Ten straight wins, a 5-1 victory in Montreal. College Hoops, St. John's won. Kansas beat Duke. That's the first loss for Duke's new coach, John Shire. Michigan State upset Kentucky in double overtime. Anthony Rizzo staying with the Yankees. New two-year deal, $40 million guaranteed. Rizzo just hit 32 home runs. His average was just 224. That could go up next year now that shifting has been banned. Rizzo, very close friends with Aaron Judge. Yanks talking contract with him. Owner Hal Steinbrenner said he recently met with Judge one-on-one. Buck Showalter's first manager of the year award was with the Yankees in 1994. That was the strike year. He then won it with Texas and Baltimore and now the NL award with the Mets. It was a close vote, but four manager of the year awards ties the all-time record. He shares that now with Bobby Cox and Tony La Russa. Cleveland's Terry Francona won in the AL for the third time. The Cy Young Awards go out today. A new stadium is going to be built. New York City, a 25,000-seat soccer stadium near City Field in Queens as part of a waterfront project. It will be used by the MLS team, NYCFC, that currently plays at Yankee Stadium. They'll put up a lot of the money. Expected to be ready in 2027. All right, John, now some news on life after sports. Former Giants quarterback Eli Manning is expanding his post-football career. He signed on with a private equity firm called Brand Velocity Group. That's in addition to his widely popular Manning cast with Brother Peyton on ESPN Monday Night Football. Eli Manning talked about it all with Bloomberg's Matt Miller and Paul Sweeney. Sitting on my couch, watching football, making fun of my brother. Like, that sounds like a good job. And you're like, pay me for it? Like, yeah, I mean, I I know I went to Ole Miss, but I I know a good deal when I see one. And so that was the idea. And really, you know, just saying, hey, what would it be like if Peyton and I were in your living room watching the game? How would we watch it? You know, we're not going to talk about the first and ten run for two yards and tell you where the running back went to college. Like, we don't know that answer. We don't know where he went to college. And and you probably don't care either. So let's uh, bring in some guests. Have it fun. We'll talk some X's and O's, tell you what's going through the quarterback's mind right now. What, you know, how should they handle this situation? Have Peyton call 67 timeouts, you know, when Denver needs to call a timeout. And so, you know, it's really just kind of uh, having fun and in a different way to watch the game. Former Giants quarterback Eli Manning speaking there with Matt Miller and Paul Sweeney on Bloomberg Radio. You catch more from Matt and Paul weekdays at 10 a.m. Wall Street time, and you can catch that full interview with Eli Manning this weekend on the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast. 538 now on Wall Street. Time for the Tri-State Business Report with Bloomberg's Joan Doniger. The Manhattan luxury market is still a healthy one, at least according to developers of a new boutique condo in the village. Dow Jones reports the building sold nearly all of its 28 units in a week and a half without any marketing involved, all of it through word of mouth. The average unit sold for $3.5 million. The city's first major league soccer stadium will be built across from City Field. CBS2 reports the 25,000-seat stadium will house the New York City Football Club. The $780 million project will include a hotel and new housing. The report says the soccer club will pay for the stadium. And a unit of a Singapore company has won two contracts from New Jersey transportation officials. One would design and operate tolling systems on the Garden State Parkway and the Turnpike. The second would do the same on the Atlantic City Expressway. That one would run 12 years. That's the Bloomberg Tri-State Business Report. I'm Joan Doniger. Thanks, Joe. Now let's check some of the top stories heard on our 300 Bloomberg affiliate radio stations around the world. 
I'm Steve Podisk on KNX in Los Angeles. We're talking about how cage-free egg demand is really cracking the market as consumers push for change. I'm Courtney Donahoe on KTRH in Houston. A new study finds house prices could tumble as much as 20% as mortgage rates soar. I'm Jeff Bellinger, and on WLW in Cincinnati, I'm reporting there's cause for some optimism about food inflation in 2023. I'm Joan Doniger telling WTAM listeners in Cleveland how one Ohio city and county plan to use pandemic aid to wipe out citizens' medical debt. I'm Stephen Carroll on Bloomberg DAB Digital Radio in London. We've been reporting on CPI in the UK hitting a 41-year high with prices rising 11.1% in October. Those are some of the stories our 2700 Bloomberg journalists and analysts are working on this morning around the world. Futures moving higher. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg Sports is brought to you by Audi. Don't let someone else drive off in the Audi model you've always wanted. Visit your local Tri-State Audi dealer to get behind the wheel of yours today or visit AudiOffers.com for more information. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. Futures on the rise this morning. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures up about seven points. Dow futures up 58. NASDAQ futures up 13. The DAX in Germany is down seven-tenths of a percent. Ten-year Treasury down 4.30 seconds. Yield 3.78 percent. The yield on the two-year, 4.35 percent. NYMEX crude oil is up two-tenths percent or 17 cents at $87.10 a barrel. COMEX gold up half percent or $9.60 at 17.86.40 announce the euro 1.0427 against the dollar british pound 1.1925 and the yen 139.29 and bitcoin this morning down one percent at sixteen thousand seven hundred dollars that's a bloomberg business flash now here's michael barr with more on what's going on around the world michael karen thank you very much president joe biden told allies that the explosion that killed two people in poland was caused by ukrainian air defenses however according to two people familiar with the matter According to what Biden said, it was ultimately sparked by the Russian missile barrage on Ukraine. Biden delivered the assessment during a conversation with NATO and group of seven allies in Indonesia. Former President Trump announced his candidacy for the White House in 2024. Trump says President Biden and Democrats destroyed the economy and he will fix it. NASA launched its most powerful rocket in 50 years overnight, sending a capsule with test dummy Skyward on a 25-day mission to orbit the moon and back. In the NBA, the Knicks won, the Nets lost. NHL, the Devils won their 10th straight, the Capitals lost. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts from more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan. Okay, Michael, thank you. It is coming up to 549 on Wall Street. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak. Really, really pleased to have Christina Hooper back with us on the show this morning, Chief Global Market Strategist at Invesco. Christina, good morning. Looks like markets are breathing a little bit of a sigh of relief with uh, doubts building that at least this uh, missile attack in Poland wasn't a deliberate strike. Uh, is this something the markets can look past, or does geopolitics need to be back in the calculus for investors? Well, geopolitics 
unfortunately does have an impact on markets, but only in the very short term. We saw that reaction yesterday. Um, and quite often that is just the case, that it's a short-term blip, um, even if it is something that extends well beyond um, just one day. Look, for example, at Russia's war with Ukraine. It hasn't had a big impact on markets. Um, one exception could be something like tariffs, where there is or there tends to be a medium-term effect on markets, especially Chinese stocks, I think, were, were hurt by, by tariffs. Uh, but in general, Geopolitics is not something for investors to be worried about, especially if they have a long time horizon. Oh, what does feed into your long time, long term horizon when it comes to investments? Well, it's all about expectations around uh, growth, uh, around um, where rates are going to be. Um, but most importantly, it's about looking in the rearview mirror, um, looking at what has historically happened to help provide some guides for the future. We do know that no matter what the environment, um, typically over the longer term, we see uh, stocks have this gravitational pull upwards, which is why they are an important part of investors' uh, portfolios for the long term. How do you look back on uh, the uh, history of markets? So when we have the kinds of situations that we're in where we do have this war in Ukraine, we have a pretty unprecedented uh, Fed rate hike cycle underway right now with these uh, four straight jumbo rate hikes. Uh, how do you game things out given where things stand right now? Well, certainly this has been an extraordinary year. And when I say that, I'm talking specifically about monetary policy. As you said, um, these jumbo hikes are, are very unusual. And especially if we take a step back and look at it in the context of globally, we have so many central banks hiking rates um, and in big chunks. Uh, all over the world, which is why the World Bank came out in September and warned about um, the potential for um, risks associated with just this fast and furious monetary policy tightening. Um, but we have to recognize that that tends to have a uh, an effect uh, while it's happening, um, right? For example, we saw a very difficult year for both stocks and bonds um, because of this extraordinary monetary policy environment. However, um, we can look to the future and say as soon as um, the Fed starts to get less aggressive, and certainly when it hits the pause button, we're likely to see a very different market environment. And in fact, um, markets tend to discount that before it actually happens. You know, we've seen some pretty dramatic market moves just on the back of uh, individual data points. When you think about uh, consumer prices last week, producer prices this week, we get another round of data in retail sales. What kind of a catalyst could that be this morning, Christina? know if retail sales uh, has the potential to be very disruptive. Um, it certainly could make investors feel better about stocks if it if it comes in um, uh, it, and and is is uh, positively surprises. But I think we're going to see the most reaction coming from inflation data because that is what is making the Fed helping the Fed to make its decision right now about the future path of monetary policy. So we'll see outsized reactions um, from anything related to inflation. Just 30 seconds left here, Christina. Do you think there's still room for a soft landing from this Fed? 
Well, I think there's still room for a soft dish landing, but it all depends on what the Fed does going forward. Um, it's already created a significant amount of negative impact on the economy, much of which we haven't seen yet because of the lag uh, that usually occurs between monetary policy and showing up in, in the economy. Um, but um, this is this is a, a crash is certainly avoidable. Uh, a major recession is certainly avoidable at this mm. point. Um, if the Fed uh, eases up on um, its level of tightening and, of course, pauses by the end of the first quarter, I think we mm. can avoid anything significant. Thanks again, Christina. Christina Hooper is Chief Global Market Strategist at Invesco. Karen. All right, Nathan, thank you. It is 5.53 on Wall Street. Now a legal story we're watching this morning brought to you by American Arbitration Association. Business disputes are inevitable. Resolve faster with the American Arbitration Association, the global leader in alternative dispute resolution for over 90 years. More at ADR.org. Now, a legal story. We're watching a Republican commissioner at the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission is deploying a rarely used agency procedure to silently initiate discrimination investigations against at least three companies that are providing their employees with abortion travel benefits. Trump appointee Andrea Lucas alleges in so-called commissioner charges that the employers are favoring workers seeking abortions while discriminating against pregnant workers and disabled workers because they are not offering equivalent benefits for their medical needs, according to five attorneys familiar with the charges. For more, Bloomberg's June Grasso speaks to J. Edward Moreno, an employment discrimination reporter at Bloomberg Law, about his exclusive report. How rare are these charges coming from commissioners directly? These commissioners' charges, EEOC commissioners, are able to file them independently. They're used very rarely. In the past two fiscal years, they've only been used three times. They're typically used to push settled law or add claims to existing investigations. This avenue that Andrew Lucas is choosing is quite unusual. What other procedures are they claiming need travel benefits? Women are getting travel benefits to travel out of state because in state they can't get an abortion. So what is Lucas claiming here, that there are disabled workers and pregnant workers who need to go out of state for procedures and they can't? Yeah, so it's unclear from the charges. They're very broad. They just make those two assertions that the company is discriminating against pregnant workers and that it's discriminating against disabled workers. So the facts of these cases are not yet established, but the charges make the assumption that, for example, somebody with maybe a complicated pregnancy at that company was maybe not able to travel to see a specialist or a person with a disability was not able to travel to seek the care that they needed. Meanwhile, these companies were offering travel for abortion. As you mentioned, it is a little unusual because abortion is unique in that it, depending on where you are, you may not have access to that anymore. Where with pregnancies or other conditions, those services are generally offered locally or, you know, if not in the general vicinity of where you're working. It's also unusual from the attorneys that I talk to. Typically, abortion travel is covered under a more broad healthcare travel policy in an employer's healthcare plan. So, you know, they may have advertised it as a pledge to cover abortion travel, but as far as their healthcare plan is concerned, it's just a general healthcare travel policy that happens to include abortion. Is there any case law to support these charges? Any precedent? Or are they completely novel? It's pretty novel. You know, it's only been since June that, you know, the constitutional right to an abortion has been overturned. So this has not been tested in federal courts yet. But the laws at play here are 
Title VII of the Civil Rights Act of 1964 and the Americans with Disability Act and the Pregnancy Discrimination Act. And, you know, I talked to a lot of lawyers for the story, and generally what they argue is that the Pregnancy Discrimination Act, in fact, protects an employer's ability to provide abortion benefits rather than preclude them from doing so. And also, what's interesting about these charges is that since they come from a commissioner, they don't necessarily have a victim. There wasn't, you know, somebody who came forward and said that they felt that they were discriminated against based on off of these benefits. And that's J. Edward Moreno of Bloomberg Law. Speaking with Bloomberg's June Grasso, catch more of that interview, plus analysis of the latest legal news by subscribing to the Bloomberg Law podcast or downloading the show at Bloomberg.com slash podcast. Attorneys can find exceptional legal research and business development tools at BloombergLaw.com and on the Bloomberg terminal at BlogGo. This is Bloomberg. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com enterprise data to learn more.